Hey, Bucketheads, it's Joe with at CBB DFS. We got something different for you today. Uh, we did a video pod that's over on YouTube on our YouTube channel, CBB DFS. Just search that. You'll find us. Give us a click. You can watch this podcast version live with some stats that we display with our conversation and our beautiful faces. Um, you can listen to it that way, or you can just continue listening to this pod. Appreciate you guys. Now, this pod is going to be unedited because it's ripped right from the YouTube audio file. So enjoy. But we apologize for some of the greenness, maybe some ums and ahs and hums and haws that are in there. But enjoy it. Win all the money, Bucketheads. Don't forget, like, subscribe. Uh, if you feel like it, we have the donate option on the site. Um, leave us a review. We'll read them when we're back on just pod only soon. All right? Appreciate you, Bucketheads. Enjoy the enjoy the show. What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS, and we have our first three-man Saturday morning shoot-around video pod. Is that what we call this? Yeah, this technology is too much for us. (laughs) Uh, Bird's going to adapt this for the regular pod listeners, um, but we're crunched on time. We got 10 games to get through, so let's go through this. This is a 10K big jam. We got 2K going to first which really sucks because this is a nice tournament and such a small payout. It's a little bit upsetting. Taking a look at the games, though, uh, right off the right off the bat, we want to break it down. We have 10 games. Eight of the teams are in the top 25. We have our usual uh, buckets all set up. The don't go overboard section, the tread water section, and the dive in section. We're going to do things a little bit different than we normally do on our podcast. We're going to start from the highest scoring games and work our way down to the lowest scoring games. Just because if we do run long, we want to make sure you guys get that information. Or for those of you who start listening later on in the morning, uh, you can still get as much information as you need, as much vital information as you need before this starts. That sound good, guys? Yeah, let's go. Sounds good. Let's roll then. Starting off, we got St. John's in Creighton. This is our highest over-under on the slate. It's got a total of 160. Ken Palm has Creighton at about a 14-point favorites. Um, St. John's is uh, one and four so far in league play, which is not so good. Um, Creighton won on back on uh, this matchup back on December 17th pretty convincingly. So they have some recent history that we can call on. Um, the key metric that jumped out to me when I was looking at this is that they're uh, ninth and the 41st in possession length. So these two teams are going to get up a lot of shots and there's going to be a lot of offense in this game, as you would expect with an over under close to 160. Um, the questions I have down are, what are you hoping to see out of St. John's? How are your team going to, and then for Creighton, how is the team going to handle so many options? Any other questions to you guys stand out when thinking about these two teams? No, play everybody and then just stop listening. <laughs> yeah, you can, so if you only have 20 minutes till tip, this is the one you want to listen to, right? Yeah. All right. Let's look at St. John's first. We'll always take a look at the visitors first. Uh, Julian Champagne jumps out at 9,200. Obviously, a 30% shot share is going to do that to someone. He's one of the highest priced guys in the slate, but there is no $10,000 guy out there this day. It's very workable. But then the rest of these St. John's guys have uh, a little bit of price relief, most of them coming in under that median of 6,250. Only Greg Williams at 6,300 is right there. Um, anyone from St. John's stand out for you? Not, not overly for me. Um, I mean, Pen- Champagne's awesome. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a great player. Williams has had some kind of like boomer bust type of games. 
and, and his price is okay, but, but really the, the, the Creighton side is just such a favorable uh, pricing. And, and then Creighton's defense has also been awesome lately. I think they're only averaging, like they're giving up 65 points a game, their last five games or something like that. So their defense has really stepped up. Um, so for me, I like the, I like the Creighton side better. Yeah, no, I, I do too by 100%. I will say Raheem Dunn, uh, Raheem Dunn's been playing pretty well of late, and you, you got to get a look at Posh Alexander, who had some really nice games early in the year. At that price, I think he's in play with the pace of this one. Yeah, his his minutes have gone down over the last few games. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Posh. Yeah. 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 And that part of that's due to how well Dunn's playing. Right. Let's flip over to Creighton though. Uh, Jefferson, uh, the price king on Creighton right now at 7,700. He's been awesome lately, but you see his usage and shot rates aren't over 20%. And for me, there's so many better options on this team. In fact, everyone underneath them, all the way down to Kalkbrenner, is totally in play for me. And you know Kalkbrenner's my guy, Bird. Who else you like for Creighton? Yeah, I figured this was just going to be a Kalkbrenner conversation <laughs> for the next 40 minutes, and then they called me over. If um, he gets 20 minutes, he's going he's gonna to smash that, that price. He is, and he's been awesome. Um, Zegarowski at 7,000 is just a cash lock, in my opinion, and the pace up highest over under total. Uh, I like Mahoney's usage uh, in a shot share. Uh, he's a guy who's not afraid to you know, take 10, 12 shots a game. Nope. Um, so, so I do. I really like the Creighton side. I think, like you said, Jefferson may be a little overpriced, but otherwise I, I really feel great about a, a lot of these options. Well, and you look at Mitch Ballack, and you're looking at 33 minutes a game. He's leading the team in minutes. He's on the floor the most. And the guy had 40 already this year. When he gets hot from three, he's nasty. James, you like those shooters, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. And I, I think, you know, the key to this game for me is how bad St. John's is on defense and how fast <laughs> they play. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're number 10 in adjusted tempo, and they're 306 in defensive field goal percentage. Yeah, which, is, which is crazy. That's not a good combination for winning basketball. Not, that's not what you want. And so you get a high-scoring team like Creighton, uh, lights out. There's going to be a, a good stack here for sure. Yeah. Hey, another one that could be fun to stack is Alabama-Auburn. Um, this one is a little bit tighter line. It's 150. I actually have uh, Creighton still in there. I got to do some editing on myself. But this is actually Bama minus four. And right now I love that Bama line. Um, this is a winless team in the SEC versus an undefeated team. The series is tied at three to three in their last six. Um, this is an awesome football rivalry from a basketball. Is this, you know, if that's the iron bowl, is this the iron buckets? I don't know. Uh, maybe we can come up with a name for it. Uh, nice. uh, Alabama's had an amazing week with Tennessee and Florida getting wins over both those teams since last Saturday. And then with Auburn, the thing we're really most concerned about is Justin Powell's status. He didn't play last time out. And where's he at? When I look at Alabama, I did confirm that, uh, Quinterly is probably going to be out on Saturday. Nate Oates has been tight-lipped about his absence, but he has said that it's not uh, a season-threatening injury or anything like that. So who knows what it's related to, but don't expect Quinley, uh, or Quinterly at, at 6,600 to be in lineups tomorrow. Uh, that just gives a bump to Jones, Petty, and Shackelford, in my opinion. Uh, Keon Ellis will get a dish a couple minutes as well. I know they've been working him in uh, pretty steadily. Um, what about the guards, Bird? Anybody else stand out there? I think they're just at this point, you know, those GPP options, Petty and Shackelford are, are kind of scoring dependent uh, at this point. If they're making shots, they're going to be awesome. Um, if they're not, it's not going to go as well. And, and Herbie Jones, you know, he's probably going to play some point forward. Uh, mm -hmm. That usage should, should increase uh, in, in a game like this. It's already really high. You see the, the screen 25.2%. Um, and so I think he's an intriguing option as well. I think Bruner's way overpriced, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think you got some good uh, good tournament options in this game. 
No, I, I would agree with you there. And actually, my guy, James Rojas, had everybody's my guy today. So we're going to just get that out of the way now. But James Rojas had a nice one last time out, too. He was dealing with a little bit of a wrist issue, uh, as I identify it uh, on the uh, visual, uh, where the wrist is at. <laughs> but uh, uh, he, he looks to be in better shape uh, here. James well, and Rojas was Rojas was your guy going to be your guy last year. And then he got hurt. Right. I mean, he yeah. was, he, he's, yep. a, he's a good player. Well, Nate, he followed him from Buffalo to Alabama. Uh, he followed Oates and Oates called him the ideal four for his system. So I knew I was just dying to see this guy play. Um, you think back to Perkins and what he was doing on those old Buffalo teams, you know, that's just, it, it was a match made in heaven. And it looks like he's starting to mold into that a little bit. 4,000 bucks. I might give him a shot in this game. Uh, nothing, nothing scary about Auburn. Uh, flipping to Auburn, though, James, this team's been kind of a mess this year. Um, they're not even playing defense like they have in the past under Bruce Pearl. Um, does anything on Auburn jump at you, or is this kind of a pick-your-poison thing? Uh, I think it's kind of a pick-your-poison thing. Uh, I would probably uh, try to find um, shooters uh, for Auburn. They obviously are in love with the three right now. I think they're shooting uh, – uh, over half their field goal attempts or three point attempts, yep. right? So it's a typical Bruce Pearl team. Yeah. Um, Alabama's not particularly good at defending the three, so I think you can find some guys that uh, you know, may have been shooting pretty well lately, um, and, and try to, you know, key on them. Uh, somebody like Devin Cambridge, who had some really nice games sure. last year, hasn't really flashed this year a whole lot. Uh, but he's still playing a lot of minutes, played 32 minutes last game against Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, went two for 10, 0 for five from three. So obviously <laughs> he's cold right now, uh, but priced at 4,500. He's a guy that's a proven, yeah. you know, has proven ceiling. Maybe you throw him in. Especially if Powell remains out, I think that's safe. And I don't want to spend too much time on Auburn as the SEC guy. They've just been kind of maddening um, and, and, and almost not, not as fun to watch as they have been in the last couple of years. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean Jalen Williams took ten threes last game. So like James is like James mentioned, I think that's that's a potential. And, and I wish Jamal Johnson wasn't priced so high. I mean, if he was down at fifty two hundred, I'd feel better about him. Uh, but yeah, that Powell is a big a big part of that. So it'd be interesting to see what he what happens with him. But there, there's probably some flyers. But yeah, I think you feel better about the Alabama side. Yeah, and, and like usual, we'll keep an eye on the injury news and see what we can do before before we all tip off at eleven tomorrow. All right. Now we're staying with my conferences, but I, I, I can't help it, guys. My, my teams play faster. Uh, and this one, this one's kind of a mess. This is uh, Seton Hall and DePaul. Uh, right now, I'm going to smash the Seton Hall minus three. It's in Chicago. I was actually at this game last year in Chicago. It was a lot of fun. The total here is 149. This is DePaul's only their fourth game of the year. Um, and the Pirates have had the edge in this series. Uh, and that's no not a surprise with Miles Powell, four-year run there, et cetera. Um, both of these defenses are outside of Ken Palm's top 70. So buckets should come fast and freely with Seton Hall. It's always going to be a, is it going to be a Mamu day or a, a Jared Roden day? Uh, lately it's been Mamu. So Roden's one of those guys who likes to pop up and smash a slate once every four games. I got a sense it could be a Roden day. And then we are still getting to know the blue demons. So I don't want to go too crazy on DePaul. Looking at uh, Seton Hall, Mamu's at 9,100, which is about where he should be at, especially if he's playing well. But this game is going to be fast and sloppy. And to me, like I said, I just got a feeling about Roden. Um, I think it could be one of his smash spots. I'll probably fade Mamu at 91 and have some exposure to Roden. 
Um, after that, Seton Hall gets a little little tougher to deal with. Miles Kale, Bird, he's one of he's our guy, not just my guy. Uh, yes. We love Miles Kale, but we loved him at 4,500. 5,900 is too much. Yeah, a, a lot of things here, really. You know, so Mama Kalashvili, uh, they finally priced him up. I, I mean, he's been yeah. he was 8,100 forever, and so they finally gave him the price jump. And so I think, like you said, Roden is going to look really popular uh, with the with the price difference there. Um, Bryce Aiken is out. Uh, he, yeah. he hurt his ankle, which is Again. sad. Um, I think Takel Molson, Molson actually started last game. He doesn't really do a whole lot, but a guy I kind of like, like maybe more as just a basketball player, and I'm not sure uh, as, as a DFS target just yet, but Tyrese Samuel comes good in and player. plays really good minutes. Um, super athletic, actually hits some threes. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like him. I wish he would play a couple more minutes. I think he'd be really viable at 3,700. Yeah, he's on that Seton Paul Hall plan, and by the time he's a senior, he's going to be a heck of a player for that team. But they're, they're grooming him along slowly, but you see the skills when he plays. Uh, Shavar Reynolds is probably probably priced appropriately now. For a while, he was way overpriced. And Big Ike is just that. He's a big guy. He's not uh, Romero Gill from last year, so you can probably stay off him. So really, Roden is who you're looking at here. Uh, Samuel Molson could be flyers. Uh, we like the tempo here. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong, but maybe think cash with some of those other guys instead of GPP. Looking at yeah. DePaul, Bird, we don't know much about these guys. James, uh, do you got anything on them? I know Jalen Butts hasn't played yet this year. I, I apologize. I haven't looked into his status for yeah, tomorrow. he's due to play. No, um, yeah. but this is still a Charlie Moore team. And since he's got Kansas ties, I'll, I'll, tie, I'll throw it back to you on Charlie Moore, Bird. Well, yeah, Charlie Marr, ball hog. I mean, that's his, that's his gimmick. <laughs> that's who he is. That's who he was at Cal before he went to Kansas. Um, actually, they didn't let him be a ball hog at Kansas, so that's probably why he left. Um, but he's a little shot dependent. He's going to play all the minutes. I mean, he's going to play every single minute uh, of the game, which I think is good. Uh, John Freeman Liberty does a little bit of everything. He's like one of those guys who can fill up everything, but I think his price is just a little too high. Yeah. What, who stands out to me is Romeo Weems at, at 6,400. Uh, played awesome his first game back from – probably a COVID tracing type of thing. Sure. Uh, struggled his second game, but with that price drop, uh, we know Romeo Weems, very talented player, um, really has a, a lot of skill at 6,400. It's a guy who I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on. I, I agree with that. And then Hall was their leading scorer one day down there, down there at 4,700. And, and Nick Onega is super athletic and yes. uh, he's raw as can be. So uh, he's had some good games. He's flashed. He's rebounded pretty well for them. I think uh, Nick Onega is someone who can be considered as well. Yeah, he's got some block upside too. I mean, he, I think he had a six block game earlier in the year where he just blocked everybody's face off. So we're going to, we got someone else on the, I have a block party reference coming up later. Oh, let's hey. keep moving though. Let's get to it. Hey, we're out of my conferences. Oh, Bert, boy. This is you. Uh, right now, Baylor's a 12-point favorite. The total here is 144. It's one of three totals that are 144, according to Ken Palm. Um, TCU's coming off just a beatdown by Kansas. Uh, Kansas was pretty pissed off after a beatdown by Texas. <laughs> see, it all comes around. It all does. Um, uh, let's see here. Um uh, uh, Baylor's really good. Uh, we could do, that's, that should be one of the one of the. That should be points. one of the things. Yeah, Jared Butler was, has been kind of down the last two games, uh, so I got a question mark on him, and then I got another question mark on TCU. Who the heck is Mike Miles? And we can do those in order. Let's start with Baylor. <laughs> yeah, Butler got priced up um, for some reason, uh, which he, which he should. I mean, he was Big Twelve. He's going to be Big Twelve, you know, Player of the Year. So I guess right. he probably should be eighty five hundred. Um, I don't like his price quite as much at this point. I, he's more of a kind of a four X type of guy. He's going to be really solid, but, but probably doesn't have a ton of ceiling just because they're so balanced, you know, 
Mitchell's going to get some shots. Teague is actually is a very good shooter. Uh, Mayer's coming in and it's just a microwave mm-hmm. off the bench. Uh, Flagler is going to come in and shoot a bunch. So, so just that balanced scoring really hurts Butler's upside a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I still think Teague is a nice option as a scoring, a scoring guard. Uh, I wish they'd play Vital more, but they're just not. Um, JTT at 4,900 is probably going to be around 4x. I think that's probably a fair expectation. And Has he Flagler's kind of taken just, over that that post role? Yeah, I, I think he's playing the most minutes, and, and Vital is only playing uh, you know 20 minutes a game right now, which is which is just crazy. So when when JTT is playing more than than Vital, that, that that I think that says a lot. But he's so athletic that that I think he that's is. why they yeah. like him on the court. Yeah. Hey, let's so, flip over to TCU. Yeah. So the so the TCU is weird. Um, you, you, like you talked about, they got just curb stomped by Kansas. Uh, Kevin Samuel didn't have a rebound in that game. Uh, and, and then Miles, who had scored basically 20, 20 plus DK points every single game, didn't have a stat until yeah, like a nice. couple minutes left in the game. Um, so, so the good news is you get a price discount. Um, I think mm-hmm. the bad news is Baylor is really, really good on <laughs> right. defense. Um, so, so you could go back to the well of, of, of Miles and hope he gets you 4X. Um, I'm probably not going to play anyone here. I don't really want to go against Baylor um, and, and their and their um, defense. Uh, Nemhard's been solid all year long. Um, he's going to have the ball in his hands. You know that 28 usage, 28 shot share, um, but he's going to have Davion Mitchell on him, and, and yeah. he is an elite defender. Uh, so, so in my opinion, I, I'm staying away from the Horn Frogs. Um, if you're really kind of just a, like a risk taker. I think you could try to, to go get miles or you know, maybe Samuel bounce back, gets a double, double, but I'm staying away. Sure. James, anything numerically that stands out in this one? No, not really. I, I think bird said it all. Uh, Baylor's really, really good. TCU a little bit too unpredictable at this point. Um, and with a huge slate, 10 game slate, there's other right. options out there. Let's get to one right now. Uh, let's get to one in your neck of the woods, James wake forest at Duke. Uh, this one's interesting because I think this is the first time Wake Forest has ever been on a DK slate this year, and oh, yeah. their pricing is something else. Um, Kempom has Duke 14-point uh, favorites, the total as well as 144. Um, Duke's won 11 in the last 12, but Wake actually won the last meeting to close out last year before uh, COVID shut everything down. Uh, Wake's defense so far, 132nd in Kempom. That's not good coming out of a Power 6 conference. Um, yeah. With Wake, we're going to – try to figure out what this team is without DeBose, if he goes or if he doesn't go. And then uh, Coach K, he is back this week, and then we're going to f- see if we can find something out on Jalen Johnson. But we'll we'll look to you, James, to try to make sense of this Wake Forest team. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, DeBose right now is, uh, we don't know. You know, you look at most things, say he's out. Uh, I've seen a couple things as recent as today, says he, he may play, so... Uh, we don't really know. That's a big wild card, obviously, in this one. He's uh, the ball hog, uh, 20, you know, eight, close to 29% shot share. And so if he doesn't go, um, you know, where where do you look at that point? And uh, uh, I don't know. I think the, the player that probably jumps out to me the most here on this slate, uh, or at least in this game, is uh, kind of one of the veterans here, Isaiah Mucius. Um I, I think that he's he's had a really solid – he's had over 20 DK over the last um, uh, three games that he's played. He's priced at 5,100, but it's a pretty good matchup. You know, Duke is not – especially with Jalen Johnson out, it's not um, – uh, 
you know, as elite defensively as they have been in the past, uh, especially sure. in the middle. And so I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's the guy that you can look at, you know, as possibly, uh, you know, maybe able to do something there. So flipping over to Duke, we're not expecting Jalen Johnson Saturday. Uh, not that I'm aware of, it could change, uh, but right now he's still still out. Sure. Uh, so is this another Matthew Hart, uh, uh, Matthew Hurt, DJ Stewart day? I think so. You know, I'm probably I, I like DJ Stewart uh, a little bit more and more as time goes on. He had 36 DK uh, last game against Boston College. Uh, Wake Forest defense isn't going to scare anybody. Uh, I think he's a guy that's just going to continually get better, come into his own. Um, Matthew Hurt has really been sort of the focal point and really <laughs> the only guy to really get it done. Uh, that 9,000 price tag, though, my goodness, uh, that, that's so that's high. That's a ton. That's a ton. It's a ton. And I, I just I'm not sure uh, on this you know, huge slate. Uh, he's just not not eye catching to me, um, even even though he'll he may have a good game. Sure. But, yep. Anybody uh, else that, down that, there? Wendell Moore, maybe. Wendell Moore finally reemerged uh, this last game against BC. He was must have been in the complete doghouse. I don't know <laughs> what was going on there, but uh, he came back with 38 DK, had 30 minutes. Uh, he played and kind of got back to his old self. Uh, so assuming everything is fine there, uh, that's definitely somebody I would target. All right. Thanks, James. Let's go on to another ACC contest, another 144 total. This is Miami and NC State. Um, let's see here. Uh, the U has lost five of six. Is this the game where they get back on track? And then my other question for you would be, is Devin Daniels, has he reached alpha status for NC State? So let's tackle Miami first. They've been on the snide lately, as they say. Um, Chris Likes out right now, according to DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Wong's hot start has cooled a little bit. Um, so what are we looking for at Miami? Well, I think, you know, it'd be easy. Isaiah Wong obviously has struggled here recently. Chris Likes still out. Um, Harlan Beverly is another player that's, you know, sort of had to take up the slack. Um, McGusty, he just came back recently. I think he's somebody mm -hmm. that you can look at. Um, NC State, uh, the one thing about them, I've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, but uh, they're a team that just doesn't give up a lot of three-pointers. No, they don't. And that's just part of their defense is kind of how they're designed uh, to kind of run guys off the line, kind of funnel things in the middle. Uh, they got Thunderbird back. Uh, Manny Bates still there. Uh, so they, they've got a couple big guys in the middle that kind of clog things up there. And that's where they try to, uh, to, to force you. And so uh, Miami is not that kind of team. Uh, they do have a, a big guy there that's uh nice Brooks that came in this year. He's been pretty good. Um, but I think, you know, if I'm looking at my Miami, um, I don't know. There's really not a lot that stands out here. Uh, Magusti, I think with the price tag, uh, is somebody that's looking pretty good, but flyer. otherwise, yeah. Uh, otherwise there's, there's really not anybody here that I'm super excited about. I wish they wouldn't have priced up, uh, Timberlake, uh, cause he, he's yeah. been playing really well lately, but they gave him a pretty, pretty sizable boost in price, which is 64. a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, Beverly's price at least dropped some, he, you know, he, he, get, he can get a few steals and do, do some things like that. That helps. And, and Magusty missed last game, but I assume he would be back um, in, in, at 4,300. If he plays 25 minutes, yeah. I think that's a good flyer. Let's flip over to North Carolina State, and let's a answer me this about Devin Daniels. Is he, is you know, the usage is there, the shot rate's there, the salary now is there. I, is he uh, in that league guard category in that league? Uh, you know, I think the issue with him, outside of the very first game of the season where he had a 52 DK game, 
and just completely smashed against cupcake. Um, the, the ceiling with him is just not there. And that's been his sure. whole career. Yeah. Uh, there's other guys on this team, Jericho Helms that, you know, can, is, you know, similar type of player that can do, you know, numbers that are pretty similar to him on a given night. I think Devin Daniels has got consistency. If you're looking at cash games, I think Devin Daniels, you'd rather go for Makes you sense. get into tournaments. Um, I, I'll probably go with a little bit cheaper guy, like a Jericho Helms, um, you know, even like a Cam Hayes uh, occasionally as a young freshman. Uh, I, I would tend to look at those guys, take a little bit more of a gamble. No problem. Yeah, this is a pretty balanced team. Just looking at their points per game, 7, 8, 6, 9, 8, 12, 13. Yeah, it looks like they get contributions from all other places, which is never really good for your GPP lineups. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Funderburk's back, which hurts a little bit, yeah. but Manny Bates at 4,900. You, you look at I know. he's had 30-point DK games, 40-point DK games. Uh, he played 36 minutes last game. Uh, so I think he's an intriguing GPP target at 4,900, sure. even though Thunderbrook's back. Yeah. You, yeah. Cause you're going to get the ancillary stats with him. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go over to a birdie game. Uh, this is a big one too. This is the number four team in the nation versus the number 14. I think uh, West Virginia is um, Texas is going on the road to West Virginia over under the total here is a surprisingly high 141, uh, given the defensive pedigree of these two clubs. Um, Texas has won four of the last five. Uh, West Virginia uh, is uh, only shooting 45% from two, which is something that stood out compared to Texas's 53%. And my question for Bird is, is this Texas team for real? And then my question on the West Virginia side is, Taz Sherman, the guard, the uh, the, the correct fill-in for Bay. Let's find out. Uh, first, let's start with Texas. Bird, is this team for real? Yeah, so I have a – you see this over right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I have to say as a, as a Jayhawk fan that, I, that yeah. Yeah, they, they, they appear to be real because they just beat the poop out of us. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're really good. Good, good for Shaka. I guess you grow out hair. You learn how to coach maybe. I, I don't yeah, know. That's, that's the key. Longer the hair, um, the coach. I wish Greg Brown wasn't priced at 7,900. Um, mm. I still think that's too high because he's, he's awesome. Um, but if you only play 20 minutes a game, you know, 25 minutes right. a game, it's hard to, hard, hard to hit that price. Mm-hmm. Andrew Jones has been on a complete heat check uh, lately, which is, which is really fun to see. Uh, I think Matt Coleman is continues to be that cash game staple, just Mr. Consistent. Uh, and, and West Virginia really hasn't played very good defense this year. No. Um, so it's a team you can, you can beat. Jericho Sims is actually playing good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, hate to admit that, but he's, he is, I'm not, I'm not going to play him, but people who aren't stubborn probably can. Right. Um, and, and Kai Jones at 4,600, I think he actually, his price has dropped, even though he's going around 20 a game. So I, I think there's actually some nice options on the Texas side um, that I feel pretty comfortable with. Um, West Virginia is, is a little bit harder uh, to, to get into. Let's take a look. Culver's, Culver's awesome. Uh, double, double every night is, is very in play. Um, Texas is going to keep bringing those bigs at them, uh, you know, at Culver. Uh, and so it's going to be a little bit harder, I think. I, did, I gotta, um, I gotta say, did you see that one of our competitors had Culver as a fade last game? Oh well, competitors. <laughs> uh, All right, sorry. Yeah. We're, 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 we're faces, Joe. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about. I didn't those. say who it was. I, I, I know. Um, Eighty-seven hundred is a high price for such a, you know, going against a tough Texas team that's long. Right. Uh, Miles McBride, I think, is is also always in play just because he's going to play all the minutes, can get some steal upside, going to take some shots. Um, but you hit on it, Tess Sherman, 
uh, like 16 shot attempts the last two games. He's basically my dream role where he just yeah. comes in and just racks shots. Um, at 4,900, he is going to be a little bit scoring dependent, mm-hmm. but he's going to take 16 shots. If he keeps yeah. doing that, I mean, gosh, you, you, get, you have to consider him. Uh, I think he's a GPP target, not a cash target, uh, but he is somebody you can look at. Uh, Jalen Bridges had played good one game and then struggled the next. Uh, Kadran right. Johnson played well last game, but didn't play any before that. Uh, Osabu, Osabian hasn't done anything somehow. I, I don't know how that's yeah. possible, but he hasn't. Opportunities presented himself to him and he gets downgraded. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. So he's super frustrating. I think McBride is is probably the safest play. Uh, Sherman's a GPP target. And, and then Culver is probably going to be a low-owned GPP target just because of the length of Texas. Awesome. Let's keep let's keep it going, okay? Yeah. Rutgers, Ohio State. Uh, hey. This is a Rutgers minus two at the rack. Uh, total 140. Um, these two teams are seventh and eighth in the Big Ten, so they're right in the middle of things. So, I mean, this is kind of an important game for those teams to get some separations or pick up a much-needed win, especially in these tighter matchups, because I think we know who the cream of the league is and who the bottom of the league is. These middle games are going to be super important when it comes tourney time. Um, the key metric, the one that uh, stood out to me and actually rang true when I watched the last Rutgers game earlier this week, is they're shooting 58% from the line. And if this is a two-point game, that could be very costly. Uh, my question for James is, number one, is Ohio State any good? <laughs> I can't tell. Uh, Bert says no. Uh, and then my other one on the record size is what's up with Ron Harper Jr. He has struggled the last two games and his price has come down. Let's start with Ohio State, James. Give us a breakdown of them. Uh, well, kind of starts with EJ Liddell in the middle. He missed a little bit of time this year. But, um, you know, he's really the guy. Everything flows through him. It should. As, as previous big, big guys they've had. Uh, kind of come through that program in recent years, Caleb Weston, you guys remember him. Um, so he's, he's next up, right? Very talented, um, nice mid range game. And so I think uh, I, you know, with every Rutgers game this year, it's uh, uh, who, if Miles Johnson can stay in the game, <laughs> he can make things very difficult for opposing big men. Uh, but he tends to get in foul trouble sometimes. And uh, once he goes out and Rutgers has to go small, I think that's an opportunity for EJ Liddell. Um, they are playing at the rack, so, you know, not so sure. But uh, I think he, he could be a, a, a decent GPP play uh, in this matchup. Um, as kind of Dwayne Washington as well, um, he's a guy that's got, uh, you know, decent shot share, almost 28%. He is a shooter. He's going to give you nothing else. Uh, so you have to play the guy assuming that he's just going to shoot it. Uh, I think you go down the line with them. Uh, there's really not a whole lot, uh, that jumps out for Ohio state. They're pretty well balanced. Um, you know, are you surprised surprised Justice suing hasn't had more of an impact? You know, I am a little bit, uh, they, they were pretty high on him when he, uh, when he came in, but, uh, you know, you get CJ Walker out. Um, you know, he wasn't super relevant, I don't think from a DFS standpoint, but he played a, just a ton of minutes. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, there's not really a whole lot here that I'm, I'm in love with from an Ohio state standpoint. I don't think they are that great to be honest. And, uh, you know, I was beaten Rutgers twice now at the rack. They haven't lost any other games there. <laughs> um, and so they for whatever, whatever happens there, they're, they're very good. Um, so I, I'm not really looking at a lot of Ohio State outside of maybe EJ, EJ Liddell in a GPP format. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think Washington's going to play point with Walker out. And so, yeah. uh, you know, maybe, um, 
maybe Aaron's plays a little bit more at, at shooting guard at, at 3,800. Maybe it'd be a pretty deep cut yeah. type of flyer. Maybe Washington gets more uh, ancillary stats because he's got, he can't just shoot at point guard. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I'm slamming that Rutgers line if it's anywhere close to two, though. Oh, my God. Yes, oh, yeah. Me too. Let's 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 talk about Rutgers. Uh, we mentioned Ron Hover at the top of the segment, and Harp is uh, down to 8,400. This is a guy who was closer to 10 a while back. Um, you see that 30% shot share; it's super impressive. But he's he's been he's been a little off the last couple games, and you know, uh, what, what's your take? Uh, you know, it happens. Uh, he's not shooting less. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's just not been quite as efficient. Um, some of the ancillary stats rebounds, uh, which are normally there for him, haven't been. Uh, Ohio State, not a particularly great rebounding team in spite of Liddell being really good. I, I, I would smash Harper tomorrow. I think of, of the elite plays, um, you know, he was, he's definitely one that I would target uh, tomorrow. I think he, he could have a really, really nice game. You know, it's a fun little tidbit adding to that is when I was watching the game this week, uh, Billis was calling it against Iowa, and they said when Har- whenever Harper has the ball, if he looks at his opponent's feet, he's putting it up. So, and then I watched the game, obviously, you know, and every time he'd catch it on the wing, and you know, they'd do the motion around him. As soon as he'd put it on his hip and look down at that guy's feet, that ball was going up either with a step back or, <laughs> or taking it to the rack. And it was kind of a fun little side game I was playing with myself while watching him go, but. Um, after him though, you know, who really impressed me that game. And really, I'd never realized that Jacob Young was such a good defender. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's very talented. Um, he, he originally four star recruit went to Texas, uh, ended up doing a sit out year transferred, uh, you know, obviously to Rutgers, uh, very talented, very athletic, uh, very fast, uh, point guard. And he's just getting a tremendous, uh, usage this year. Uh, 26%, uh, 24% uh, shot share. Uh, he, he's great. Not a great game. Uh, the last game they played there, but uh, I think he's definitely somebody you could look at as well. And then uh, you mentioned Miles Johnson and potential followers there, but he looked pretty good, man, up Garza. He does. Um, if he could hit uh, any free throws, I mean, he <laughs> would be terrific, really. Uh, no, but he's He's good. He's again, I think he affects the game more defensively. Um, definitely a GPP type of player. If he can play enough minutes, uh, he can be really productive because he is pretty good around the bucket. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that's definitely a gamble. Bird, do you like anyone in particular on this Rutgers team? Do they stand out more than the others? I, I do like the Rutgers side. I feel like it's you know, just not, not quite as, uh, as good of pricing as the Creighton side, but I do think there's some nice right. favorable plays. Uh, and Montez Mathis, you know, he, he had two 30 burgers uh, back-to-back games before kind of an egg last one. Uh, he's, he's another GPP option. So I, I do think you want a piece of Rutgers here. Um, this is probably in our don't go overboard section or in our tread water. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if, if you don't go Harper, you know, I go give Jacob Young a shot with that steel upside, um, especially with their, with Ohio State's point guard out. Yeah. Quick, quick note there. Caleb McConnell uh, just came back. Uh, he had uh, 22 minutes against uh, the Spartans. He was a player that's been around for a while. He's had, had some really good games last year. Uh, he's kind of taken uh, Mulcahy's minutes. Uh, so he's somebody that you could look at maybe as a GPP dart. Sure. We don't have him on the sheet here. This is pulling from a season-long stat base, so he didn't yep. qualify on the metrics. But, yeah, good note on that on McConnell. Hey, let's flip over to 
Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> some, boy. some really exciting ones. Actually, oh, we got man. two left, boys. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. These would typically we lead off our show because we're talking about the the don't go overboard section. The 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 icon at the beginning that had the no swimming side and it's probably shark infested waters. Maybe we can find a play on, on here. Maybe we can't. But first one on here is Virginia and Boston College. This is the 75th time Boston College has been on a slate this year. Um, Virginia, not as many. Um, the line here is Virginia minus six, which again seems low. The total is 132. Virginia's won five of the last six. Um, teams are shooting 55% from the floor against Boston College. And when you think about a team like Virginia that prides themselves on getting good shots, I, I don't think that's going to bode well for them. I mentioned a block party earlier. Um, I'm asking, is Jay Huff going to have a block party? He's eighth nationally in block percentage. And then uh, my question to James, if, you, if you've heard anything, does, has Winston Tebbs lost his starting spot? Um, let's, start with, let's start with Virginia first, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think for Virginia, as you mentioned earlier, Joe, uh, Boston College, uh, pretty soft in the middle. And, you know, so I think the two guys that kind of jump out there as being really relevant, um, because there aren't many, let's, let's face it here. But I think Sam Hauser, uh, the good Hauser, he's a 7,500. Um, you know, he's not somebody that's really going to jump out to people, probably not going to be really super high on, but 34 DK two games ago against Notre Dame. 38 DK against uh, Wake Forest. Uh, he's playing over 35 minutes a game. Uh, he's looking pretty good. Uh, he's taking a lot of shots. He's getting a lot of rebounds. So that it's getting. Uh, I, I think he's really the one of the primary guys that you can look at Virginia. It's his um, team, it's in his my team. opinion. Just just looking at it, he's their guy. Yep. I think Absolutely. I think I think to start the year, people thought Clark was going to take over that team and put it on his back. But I think Sam, it's it's his team right now. And uh, when they need a bucket, he's going to be the guy to get it. Yep. I think uh, Jay Huff is somebody you can look at. You kind of mentioned on the first slide there. Um, he's not somebody that's going to break the slate. I think he had 38 DK against uh, Kent was kind of his high mark of the year. But, uh, you know, he's somebody that could, you know, hit that 4X, maybe 5X. Um, BC, again, pretty soft in the middle. So he, he's somebody you could definitely look at once you drop down below that, um, you know, Clark, maybe GPP kind of flyer there, 5,500 still. Sure. Uh, but beyond that, uh, there's really nobody I'm really interested in. Walden Tensei, unbelievable, 3,300. That guy was starter last year, yeah. brought him in as a, you know, kind of the three point sharpshooter. And uh, he's just irrelevant at this point. Yeah. No, last year he was 30 minutes a game and he at least took yeah. four threes a game. Now he's nothing. Mm -hmm. If Marcel and Statman both miss, I mean, Clark and Beekman are going to play all game again. So yep. at least at least they're going to be on the floor. Like minutes equal money, right? That's true. Yeah. All right, Boston College. What's what's going on with them, James? Uh, they're terrible. <laughs> For starters. They have, they, they have fun DraftKings plays typically, or they've had fun DraftKings play over the last couple of years. They, they, they play relatively quick. Um, yeah. Winston Tabs, what, what, what happened there? Uh, he's just not been good, I think. Yeah, uh, but it. it's a little bit, it's a little bit deceiving. I think right now the coach is just sort of trying to send a message. He's still playing uh, a lot of minutes, but it's, uh, you know, he's just not in the starting lineup. So, uh, maybe trying to send a message, kind of, you know, get a fire lit for him. But, um, I, I don't know, you know, against Virginia, they're not sort of right. as elite defensively as they have been, but they're still slow as molasses, right? 357 ranked in, uh, adjusted tempo. Uh, so it, it's not, it's not going to be a lot of possessions in this game. Uh, probably going to be north of a blowout here. Um, 
So there's not really anybody that's, uh, you know, really jumps out at me. You know, Felder had a nice game against Duke, 36 DK, took 13 shots. Uh, but again, you know, just really hard to expect, uh, you know, any, any significant, uh, uh, you know, movement here. I'd love to smash tabs on a 5,600 based on talent, but not against Virginia. You just can't do that. Right, Bird? I don't think you can. I, you know, I like that Steph Mitchell's number, you know, his salary is down to 6,000, but he has no offensive role at all. You know, he's going to be the try hard and he's going to go get some rebounds and things like that, which might profile well against Virginia, but yeah, I, I I'm just going to pretend this game's not even on the slate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, Damar Lankford, uh, who's priced at 4,300 right now. He did play 34 minutes against Duke uh, for 29 DK. Uh, so if you were going to take somebody, you just want to take a, a real low owned flyer in this, you know, he might be somebody. You could so, so if you're a Boston college fan and you want to play <laughs> if you someone went, if from you went your to, go team. to Boston college. Right. <laughs> All right. So we'll send that note to Matt Ryan, the quarterback of the Falcons in case he's playing some CBB DFS. Cause you know, he ain't playing any football this weekend. Ooh, I <laughs> got him. <laughs> take that Matt Ryan digs. Who would have thought that's where we were going. Last one on the slate here, guys, is Tennessee at Texas A&M. So I got to start us off with uh, bragging about my conference and all the scoring, and then I get to close us out with uh, this this beauty. Uh, Tennessee's an eight-point favorite. Uh, Ken Palm has the total at 126. This is a two and one SEC team versus an S uh, one and two SEC team. Surprisingly, um, since joining the SEC, Texas A&M leads the season, the series six to four. Um, But the total here is 126. Both teams are 290s in tempo. Um, the question I'll ask you guys when we get there is: Is this like? Do you fade the five-star freshman due to the game flow here? Um, but then when we get to the AM side, I'm going to ask you guys if it's a spot where maybe Buzz can beat Tennessee again. He he beat him last year, and Buzz has a knack for getting big wins. This would definitely qualify, and being at home will help that. Looking at Tennessee first. <clears throat> You know, this is kind of a, a rehash comment from the the last game we were looking at. Texas A&M isn't an awesome defensive team, but Buzz William teams are typically very uh, they 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 try very hard and they try to play good defense. So um, I don't I don't like any of the pricing here. Josiah Jordan James is a do everything type player. Um, he's averaging 20, almost 27 fantasy points a game, but you can't pay seven thousand dollars for someone uh, in this game. Fulkerson. Uh, had a really good game his last time out. He's also 6,900, but then he almost blew out his knee trying to dunk, which was scary and stupid. So I kind of soured on him a little bit uh, from a season perspective after seeing that. Victor Bailey and Pons. Pons, I would like more than Bailey. Bailey's uh, a little more scoring dependent where Pons is a do-everything type player. And in these junk games, like Bird said, junkers junkers can have some, some, some clout in these type of games. Uh, Viscovi is just a roller coaster this year, up and down and up and down. And he, he looks stupid with his hair, so you can't play oh. him. <laughs> oh, well, wait a second, Joe. Well, Viscovi, one, one thing to note about him, he sh- is shooting 40% from three, uh, Texas A&M, uh, ranked three fortieth defensively. Their opponents are shooting almost half of their field goals from three. Um, and they're, they're hitting 42% of their points of opponents points are from three, but he so, still uh, has stupid hair. <laughs> what, stupid are, yeah. hair. what are players with blonde highlights? How are they doing against? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me check that. Well, <laughs> uh, 
But I would play him. I would play him. 5,500 uh, GPP. The minutes you know, are there. That, minutes are there. That can get hot. It's a team that can get exposed. Yeah, I, I, I would I would find a way. For me, I would I would if I'm going to play this game and we talked about the five star freshman Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, both of them are priced way down. Springer missed a game. He came back last game and he's someone who gets a ton of points and gobbles up fantasy production when he's in the, when he's on the floor. Um, if this game gets loose and Tennessee gets up big, which could very easily happen in any scenario, Springer could get uh, an extended run. And at forty eight hundred, I think he would be my GPP dart if I had to do something from this game. Bird, do you like anything here? Oh, and I use like very, very loosely. Yeah, just Tennessee is so balanced. It's hard to it's hard to pick, you know, hard to pick one. I, I agree. You probably want to go down to the lower options between Viscovi, Johnson, and Springer. Awesome. And then for AM, uh, <laughs> you guys will like this. My note on Emmanuel Miller, because this isn't a team we're too familiar with. Emmanuel Miller is what Savion Flag was until he fell in love with shooting the three. So flag was this awesome bucket getter, high usage guy a couple of years ago when CBB DFS first came back for A&M and we were pounding him night in, night out. Wasn't shooting a ton of deep balls, but he was getting rebounds. He was getting points. He was just reliable. Well, now Savion likes to shoot three ball, which is fine. Probably wants to play at the next level in some capacity. And he's going to need that on his, on his skill set. but he's a 21% three point shooter. So it's backfiring. He's leading the team in attempts and it's just, you see him all the way down there at 5,300 when he used to be that $8,000 guy who was the backbone of this team. So Emmanuel Miller is that guy now, but there's no way I'm paying $8,000 on a team that's going to lose in a total of 120. So um, all that being said, that's a little introduction to them for when they get into happier spots later in the year against the Arkansas and Alabamas of the world. Um, the rest of AM is a little bit of a mystery. They've tried a lot of different combinations. Uh, I, I think Buzz is still working the kinks out. Uh, Quentin Jackson and Andre Gordon get reliable minutes in the backcourt. Um, JJ Chandler was a starter last year. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, he's okay, but there's nothing we really love on this team. Let's just uh, let's just move on from this this unless you guys see something I'm missing. Yep, move on. But there's nothing to move on to, guys, because that's it. Hey, hey. We'll, we'll put you guys on the spot then. Favorite play, one favorite play. Oh, geez. So I'll, I'll say Zegarowski at 7,000. Favorite play. Oh, um, who, uh, you know, that that's tough. James, you got one. Help me out here. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Get, give me Harper. I'll go with the, everybody wants to know what the elite play to play, play Harper tomorrow. God, I like that. I think you guys did great with that segment. The end. No, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll I'll go back to Creighton too. Uh, I I was trying to be unique, which is why I was searching there, and I don't want to double up on Zeg. So give me give me Mitch. Not you know what? Uh, I said it. I said it earlier today. I'm going to stick with it. I think it's a Roden day for Seton Hall. Uh, I go. think I think uh, I think Mamu is going to get a little paced out. Um, love Mamu to death, but I think he's going to get a little paced out, and I think it's a big Roden day. So give me give me Roden for Seton Hall. Awesome bird. I like that. Make us think on our feet. We saw who was the worst at it this guy the guy who always says hey we need to be th- we need to think on our feet more we, we right know, right don't be scripted <laughs> <laughs> well uh like now now we got some work to do bert you're gonna flip this into an audio file you're gonna put it out for the bucket heads to listen to in the morning um 
we're going to put in our lineups probably tomorrow while we're drinking our coffee or water or whatever, our morning, orange juice, whatever our morning beverage is. Um, we're going to win all the money uh, with the slate, even though it's a disappointing slate from a prize pool standpoint. And then the last thing we need to do is we need James to take us out. All right. Thank you very much for sticking with us here, even through the, the bad games towards the end. Uh, but if you want the best CBB DFS information, follow us on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS. Come out to our website. We post Monday through Friday every week, every day. Uh, www.cbb-dfs.com. Obviously, like and subscribe to our podcast. We love you guys. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Bucketheads.